Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. I want to welcome our, uh, our church online. Thank you for being with us. You're so faithful, so faithful. And I love you, and thank you so much for being a part of our worship service. Um, boy, I do. I, we are blessed every week by a great worship team. I'm telling you, there are, that worship team's awesome. There's a great group of people running all these cameras and, you know, uh, soundboards and in the programming room, a lot that makes this happen. And so I'm grateful to each of them, so thankful for each of them, their talents and their abilities, and uh, just so grateful for them. So thank you for being here, church. Uh, again, take your word. Um, gonna go to uh, a real familiar psalm today, Psalm 23. I don't want to say it's the most popular psalm because that's probably bad to rank different texts popular. But, you know, psalms, out of the, all the psalms, 119 is, 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 is a, I mean, it's awesome. Uh, psalm 1's good. Psalm 51, there's a bunch of good ones. But 23rd Psalm is probably the psalm that more people are familiar with. Let me, people outside of church know the 23rd Psalm. But I want to read it. I want to teach it a little bit today with the backdrop of where we find ourselves as a nation, as a people. Um, the 23rd Psalm is rich, and I wanna walk us through it, okay? And I wanna teach, uh, man, there's some, there, it's just rich. It's got a lot to it. So follow with me as we read the 23rd Psalm. I'm gonna read the whole thing, and then we're gonna kind of go back and walk through verse by verse. I won't get all the way through it. You're saying, well, it's only six verses. You're telling me you can't get all the way through it? I won't get all the way through it, I promise, all right? So let's start verse one. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Man, that's just a good word. You read that psalm and that thing just, it just melts all over you. That's a good word. It's an encouraging word. It's a comforting word. But this word right here is more than all of that. This word's got a lot of meat in it. So I wanna take us and walk us through it. Look at the very beginning of this text. The Lord is my shepherd. I wanna say something to you, church. We read that too fast and we don't understand the magnitude of that word. The Lord is my shepherd. When we read that a lot of times, we'll say this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in one. Okay, you should slow down. We do it like we already know what it's gonna say. There's a danger in reading through scripture too fast. 
It's not reading the word, it's the word reading us. It's the word in us. The Lord is my shepherd. Why don't you think about that for a little bit? We're gonna look at some scripture in a little bit. But just because you read the Lord is my shepherd doesn't automatically qualify him to be your shepherd. There's a responsibility that we have that makes him our shepherd. John 14, 6 says it this way. Jesus answered, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one, no one, no one, no one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus. Nobody comes through me. Nobody becomes a sheep without going through me. That is the shepherd. That's what makes him the shepherd. He told, he told Nicodemus, Nicodemus, I know you're smart. I know you're very intelligent. I know you're in the upper echelon. I know your hombres are pretty bad hombres. But here's the deal. Unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. You have one birthday physically. You must have a second birthday spiritually. The woman at the well had five husbands shacking up with a guy playing house. She was empty. She went to the well at a time nobody was supposed to be there. But oh and behold, the one that should have been there and she didn't want to see him was there. And he says, listen, you can keep coming here and drawing water if you want to, but you can drink from me and become living water and you'll never have to draw again. Never. Jesus said, you want to be Jesus said there is only one way, only one way, and it's through Jesus, through Jesus. I want you to go to John. I want you to look at some scripture in John. Go to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Look at verses three and four. The watchman opens a gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and leads them out. When he has brought them out, brought all his own, he goes before them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Look at verse 9 and 10. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Look at verse 14. I, Jesus said, am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. The question is, not is he your shepherd just by reading it, but is he your shepherd by salvation? Listen to me. Just because you read the Lord is my shepherd doesn't automatically make him your, your shepherd. You can go to McDonald's and order french fries, doesn't make you a french fry. You, Jesus said, there's only one way that I become your shepherd and you become my sheep. And that's to, for you to receive me as your personal savior and Lord, for you to be born again, for you to accept what I did for you as your free gift on Calvary, that I bore your sins while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you, that you couldn't do what I could do for you. I gave my life a spotless lamb. I became sacrificed so you would have life. The only way that he can become your shepherd 
and you to become his sheep is for you to be born again. That's period. Going to church won't get it done. Listen, many churches that I grew up in used to have a table down front. Y'all remember those tables down front? They had some big old hogging Bible. I'm talking big hogging Bible put down here. Many times in many churches, that scripture was opened up to the 23rd Psalm. It should be. It's in church. It's a great Psalm. You cannot tell me that just because you go to a church that displays a Bible that's bigger than your car and it's open to the 23rd Psalm and you go to that church and you're a member, one day you're going to go to heaven and Jesus says, do I know you? Yeah, you know me. I go to your church. That one's got that big old Bible like a car and it's open to the 23rd Psalm that says that you're my shepherd. Right. I am your shepherd. But you did not do anything. You did not accept the cross. You did not profess me. You did not invite me to come into your life. You were not born again. I am your shepherd, but you're not my sheep. Depart from me, I never knew you. What about my church membership? Church doesn't get it done. I meet people all the time and they, you know, we talk about salvation stuff and, and I ask them about where they would go if they were to die. And they said, well, <laughs> Preacher, today, uh, today been a good day. I, I've been good today. Uh, I'd go to heaven. But boy, yesterday, if that had happened, whoo, I don't think I'd have gotten there. I'm like, what? When is heaven and me being a sheep depending on what I do? It's not about me. It's not my good works. It's not by works at all, so no man may boast. It's about Jesus on the, on the hill called Calvary. Did I profess in my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is who he says he is? For it is with my mouth I profess, in my heart I believe. And everyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If I've been born again, he is my shepherd. I am his sheep. I know him and he knows me. I know him as Jesus, my shepherd. He knows me as Jeff, his sheep. Listen to me. There's a lot of voices out there today. But there's only one voice for his kids. Amen. And that voice be Jesus. That voice is Jesus. Second part of this, the Lord is my shepherd, is salvation is number one. Number two, it's relationship. Number two, it's relationship. Look at Psalm 139. Just go over a little bit. Psalm 139. I'll begin in verse one. I hope you like the word. There's a bunch of word today. Uh, Psalm 139. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know, when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths of the earth, you're there as well. If I rise on the wings of the dawn and settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. What does that say to us about this scripture? Not only is he is my shepherd by salvation, but he is my shepherd in relationship. See, he came to have a relationship with me. Do you realize that you were created, created for relationship? Created for relationship. That's what's killing us today is they're trying to quiet the church by cutting off relationship with one another. When you cut off one another, what happens? Sometimes you can cut off the one that made you too. I'm going to tell you, the thing with masks, I don't know if you're smiling. 
Where is the joy? Pull your mask down, smile. Pull your mask down, speak to somebody. Because the number one way to cut people off is when you don't even know what they're looking like. You don't even know them. Jesus said, greet one another with a holy kiss, amen. When you acknowledge someone, man, that's a big deal. I'm all about the mask, and I understand that, but I'm going to tell you right now, we're about relationship. I walk in stores a day, and there is not relationship going on. It's not. We don't need, it's weird. And I'm going to tell you right now, Psalm, Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd in salvation, and my shepherd where? In relationship, my friend. Oh, my gosh. Relationship. He knows my name. Does he know your name? Does he know your name? I know he knows the name your mother gave you, but is his name written on your heart? Does he know your name? He's all about relationship. He made relationship for us. He knows when I lie down and when I get up. He knows wherever I go, he goes. We can trust our Jesus because we never go without him. Never go without him. I got a row, there's a lot. Look at the second half of that. B of 23. I shall not be in want. I shall not be in want. I want you to go to Matthew's gospel. There's a lot of scripture, I know. Matthew, look at uh, Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six, look at verse 25. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and your body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your father, your heavenly father, feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add one single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lily of the fields grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon and all his splendor were not dressed as one of these. If that is how God clothed the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow and thrown in the fire, how much more does he clothe you, O little faith? Do not worry, saying, what shall I eat? What shall I drink? What shall I wear? For pagans run after all these things. Your heavenly Father, your heavenly Father knows what you need, but you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Your heavenly Father, the shepherd, knows you. He knows you by salvation. He knows you by relationship. You shall not be in want. Man, I, I, I watched all this footage, and you did too. They're running all in these stores, grabbing stuff. They're running in the Sam's. They're carrying out these big old TV boxes, these electronic devices, and I'm sitting at home. I'm going, what in the world? Self-preservation, running around like crazy people, our Father knows what we want and what we need. He will supply all our needs, all, all gifts, beautiful gifts come down from heaven above. We have taken it upon ourselves to feed ourselves, to, to, to take care of ourselves. And I sat there as a pastor, and I know this is not a real good pastoral thought. You know what I was thinking when I saw that? I hope that TV don't work. 
That's what I was thinking. I hope you got a bad one. I hope you plug it up. That's like it don't do nothing. I hope you plug that microwave in. It doesn't do any. I hope it catches on fire. And then I had to go, oh, that's not very nice. But I'm saying, man, you stole the thing. You stole it. It deserves not to work. It deserves it. And what's crazy is, if you watch some of that stuff, there's two of them got a TV at the same time. They're both running at the same time. You ever seen two grown men try to run with a TV box? That ain't pretty. Falling all over each other, falling over people. Then they got in a fight about whose TV it really was. I mean, I just pray they drop the box and that thing shatter everywhere. I mean, it's crazy. But we have lost our mind out there. Our Father, who art in heaven, will take care of his kids. You don't have to run out there like crazy people, stealing stuff from other people and beating people up to get it. Because our God said, you'll never be in want. You'll never be in want, man. My God will supply all our needs. I want you to understand something. He says that his sheep hmm, will never be in want. Do you know that the that our Jesus, our God, has a banqueting table? I'm talking a banqueting table, like a banqueting table. Do you realize at the banqueting table of the Lord, you have a name because of Jesus if you're born again at at the table? There's a placemat that says Jeff. Better than that, it says Jeffrey Wayne Ponder, which after I get past the fear, I sit down because that scares me. Like I'm gonna get a spanking every time I hear those words. But I sit down, and the Father says, Jeff, welcome to the table of the Lord's. What do you need, child of mine? I have plenty of food for you. And see, in this world today, you, you got to come to the table of the Lord. But the problem is that even the church, even the sheep that know the shepherd, it's not a question of how big the table is. The question today is, is how big is your plate? See, that's the difference. I mean, when you go to an all-you-can-eat buffet, come on, I don't need a dessert saucer. I, no, I need a plate. I need a big plate. I'm talking a big plate. And I don't want my plate to have the flat sides. I want my plate to have some curled up big sides. That way I can get all my ribs on there, all the brisket, all the sauces, all that good stuff, and you can't, none of that stuff fall off. None of it. See, we got people today that are coming to the banqueting table. They're living out in this world. This world's got nothing for us. We're starved to death in this world. We're not designed to eat from this world. But the banqueting table, the Lord's got our place mad at it. We come to the table. That table's full. But we got a little bit of saucer. We got a little saucer. We don't need a little saucer. You try to live in a world a day feeding a little saucer, there ain't enough food out there. Woo, you're gonna need more. Because listen to me, when I come, you gotta have a, you gotta have a plate. Because God, I'm telling you, Oh, Lord, if I go in this store one more time without your grace, I'm not going to make it. God, I need some grace. Can you put some grace on my plate? Mm, thank you. And Lord, while you're there, Lord, help. I, mm, can I have some kindness? Kindness of the Lord. Kind, I need some kindness, amen. Woo, if I, Lowe's is about to drive me. Can I have some kindness? You know what I mean? I mean, if you drive on Sancti, it's like, Lord, mm, I'm, I'm telling you, quarantine's last, their problem. Mm. I need some patience, Lord. Can you, can you put some patience on my plate? See, some of us, our plate's just big. We're feeding off the world. We got this much food to last. They ain't gonna make it. 
You're starved to death. You'll be malnourished. You, you're going to be an ugly-looking, skinny sheep. They ain't, they ain't pretty. You need to eat from the table of the Lord. There ain't nothing worse than a skinny sheep. I'm just telling you. You need to eat from the Lord. The Lord said, I got a big old table for you. You got a bigger plate. Your plate too small, Jeff. This world right here, you're going to have trouble. You can't come to me with a dessert plate. They ain't enough for you. You better get your buffet plate. You better get all you can eat buffet plate. Some of us are coming to the table of the Lord's. We need what the Lord has. He wants to feed us. He wants to nourish us so we're not in want. But our plate's too small. Our plate too small. Plate too small. I had a lady walk out of the first service. She said this to me. She said, Jeff, I got a big old plate. My problem is I stayed in this world so long. It beat me up. I'm so malnourished. I can't make myself get to the, pl- to the table. I'm so weak, I can't get to the table. Let me say something to you. That's what I told her. I said, hey, we don't come in our strength. We come in his strength. If he can get you in that chair, woo, he'll fatten you up, girl. Not a good thing to say to a girl. <laughs> I thought about it after it came out of my mouth. I was really, my heart was much better than the word, you know. I told my wife sometimes, I said, I said baby, that, in my heart, that just sounded mm, so much better than it did when it came out. I said, girl, this will fatten you up. And she just looked at me like, I know what you meant, preacher, and I love you. Because I think she thought, you know, I was like, I think she gave me some of that grace I was getting, you know. But, but, but listen to me. We, we are malnourished because we don't come to the table, not because God doesn't have. God has. His table's full. He loves to feed his kids. But our plate's too small. Plate too small. Get your big old plate. How long has it been since you pulled up your chair? It's got your name on it. To your placemat. And you said, God, I'm I'm starving, man. This 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 whole thing for four months, this whole world today is sucking me dry. And I need, I need, I need to eat at the table of the Lord. He says, My sheep, mm, my sheep will never be in want. Never be in want. Second half of that. Of verse two, now you see why I'm not gonna get through all six. Verse two says this, he makes me, he makes me sheep, the sheep lie down in green pastures. He makes me lie down in green pastures. When I, when I think about that, I want you to envision this. We don't get this opportunity out here very often, but, but I want you to know something. Green pastures. I'm talking grass, green grass in the fields that are like two, three feet tall. When the wind blows, it just it's just praising God. Why? Well, 60 inches of rain and about 40 inches of snow a year get you praising. That's green grass. We were going to Minnesota several years ago to see my brother driving up through Kansas, Nebraska, and Iowa. I'm just telling you right now. Some of you can testify. You get up around Nebraska and Iowa especially on the east side of Nebraska, in the Iowa. That's a different green, amen. You know, I always wondered in the Crayola box, I got about seven shades of green. I'm like, seriously? Green's green, right? No. We have green in the panhandle? Hmm, that's a different green up there. I mean, lush, green, green grass. And I'm driving, and I, I mean, I'm just looking out over that field, that grass just wave. It's lush, dude. Lush. Lush. And those cows, mm, boy. Them summer cows, you know, summer brown and summer black. And them summer cows are out there. And 
they're just great. Some of y'all get that later. Uh, they're just grazing out there. <laughs> They're just grazing out there. And then I look out there, and there's a group of cows. I kid you not, man. They're laying down in the grass. Their bellies, oh, Lord help. Their bellies are so big. They're laying in this grass, and they're doing this. They can't even stand on them little bird legs anymore because they're so fat and full. And they're laying down, and they're eating on the grass. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And God said, that should be you. Why you only eat when you're starving? You should eat when you're full. So you're prepared when you starve. See, he puts before us lush green grass. Lush green grass. But if you're like me, and I'm gonna just be honest, it's going good, everything's great. Do we eat like we should? No. Get a phone call, get tested have a tough spot, what do we do? Where's my Bible? Well, there it is. Where am I going to start? Where was I last time? I don't even know. I mean, we don't eat like we should. We don't eat enough. So we're starving. And when something like this happens in our world, we run around like lost sheep when we know we're saved and we know we know the shepherd because we don't think he provides our needs. We're running around thinking we're in want. And God's like, listen, you're not in want. Look at the green grass. Go eat, sheep. Come to my table. Tell me what you need. Bring a plate. Don't bring a dessert saucer. That's an embarrassing. Bring a plate. I feed you. I feed you. James 1 talks about that when we're tempted, no one should say God is tempting me. Why? Because God can't be tempted. But each of us, when we are dragged away, we are enticed by sin. And if we spend enough time being enticed and dragged away, what happens? We bite the lure, we get hooked, and we're in the live well, baby. Next thing is, we hit the deep fryer, ketchup bottle, and you're down. I mean, that's a terrible illustration. I mean, it's a good illustration, but some of y'all are like, golly, man, I, he just threw me in the fryer. You know, that's what happens. The enemy knows your lure. He baits you up. He dances that hook in front of you, and if you're not feasting at the table and you're not eating that lush grass, what do you do? You look over there and go, that looks pretty good. That's a rubber ribeye. That's a fake ribeye. Don't be biting on no rubber ribeye. That's crazy, man. Well, it looks like it looks good. That's because you're starving, blind, naked. What's wrong with you, you malnourished sheep? Don't be looking at that. That's fake. And what we don't know about rubber ribeyes is it's got a hook in it. It'll hook you like that. That's what sin does to us. When we're malnourished, we think the grass looks greener on the other side of the fence. Well, it probably does because that side over there is getting water more consistent and your side's getting watered. You want your grass to get tall, water the grass. Water with the word, water with the spirit, water with worship. Your grass will grow, man. Listen to me. Jesus said, I got green pastures for my sheep. There's no need for us to be skinny sheep, and we don't need to look at the world to feed us. The world's job is not to feed us. The world's job is to starve us out so we're a weak church, individually and corporately. Second half in verse two says this, he leads me beside quiet waters. He leads me beside quiet waters. Isaiah 55, one says this, come all you who are thirsty, 
come to the water. Oh, that's enough for some of us. Listen, who says that? The father, the shepherd to his sheep. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the water. Revelation 7, 17. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. The lamb at the center of the throne will be your shepherd. He will lead you to living water. What is living water? Peace. Oh, man. What is living water? Rest. What is living water? Refreshment. Oh, my goodness gracious. How many of you know that sheep, sheep are, they're peculiar animals. They're, they're naturally timid. Sheep will never, ever, ever approach moving water, especially roaring water, rushing water, never. Shepherd will not lead them there because sheep, will, they're timid. They don't like it because sheep are full of wool. If, you, if a bunch of sheep go down to the edge of the water, and let's just say, you know, the, you know, the people behind you are not stopping or the sheep behind you aren't shop, stopping, they may be texting or something, not paying attention, and they run into all the other sheep, they knock the sheep into the water. Rushing water or flowing water with a sheep in it, <laughs> he's done. We got more grass in the field, that dude's dead. Because they're full of wool. When that wool gets full of water, nothing you can do. They sink like a rock. They sink like a rock. They, don't, they won't come up to roaring water because Jesus, Jesus says, I will speak and quiet the water for my sheep to approach it. See, some of us, all, all waters are very, very, very uh, rough right now. It, it, it's moving. And you need Jesus to come and say, peace, be still. My sheep need a drink. My sheep need a drink. See, a sheep, when waters are still, when waters are calm, a sheep will come right down to the water and they will drink. For you and me, when waters are calm, we can get down and we can drink from the water, living water. Peace, rest, refreshment. Can I tell you something? When you lean down and you get on your knees and you cup water in your hand and you look at still water, quiet water, what, is, what does that do? It always reflects, doesn't it? What do you see when you lean down the quiet water? You see you. Here, I'm gonna tell you something. Look long enough at quiet water. It just not only reflects you, but look what else it reflects. Behind you, you're gonna see the shepherd. You're gonna see Jesus. Jesus will take his sheep to quiet waters. They will lean down for refreshment and peace and rest. But when they look into that water, they'll see themselves for who they really are. But when they see themselves, they'll also see behind them stands their heavenly father, their shepherd who's got them. Some of us need to be at the quiet waters. We need God to quiet our waters of our life so that we can lean down and drink from that water and be refreshed. But not only refreshed, but we can see ourselves and we can see him. Because tell me something, if you see yourself too long without seeing him, you're not enough. But you and Jesus make an unbeatable team, my friend. 
the shepherd will always, always, always take care of his sheep. Always take care of his sheep. Last thing is this, verse three. He finishes this way. He, he restores my soul. Mm. You know what's going on right now? A lot of souls unrest. A lot of souls not at rest. They're jumpy. A lot of anxiety. It's, it's, it's just not good right now. It's unknowns. It's jumpy everywhere. People are nervous about things. They're not confident about things. That's not, that's not sheep posture. We know the shepherd. We, we know him. He restores our soul. How? He restores our soul through green pastures, by quiet waters. I want you to listen to Isaiah 5410. Isaiah 5410. Though the mountains be shaken, hmm, though the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed says the Lord who has compassion on you. Isn't that good? Though the mountains mm, be shaken, mm, the hills be removed. Oh, so, so I don't move. I'm not shaken, says God. Jesus said, I'm not shaken. I got my sheep. I got my sheep. I was going to Youngblood's early Thursday morning, about 5.45, I was coming down I-40, Sun is just coming up, trying to, trying to light the dawn. I, I, I kind of gotten overwhelmed by the narrative. You, you get that way sometimes? I, I was kind of overwhelmed by the narrative. I didn't wake up singing like I normally do. And, and I was cruising down the interstate, and, and, and I heard God say this. You excited about today? I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pumped. Same narrative, same story. I'm tired of hearing it. And I heard God say, I'm excited about today. I'm doing a new thing. And I woke up. I said, wow. Saying about you, Jeff. You be the sheep. He'll be the shepherd. You be Jeff. He'll be Jesus. You be his kid. He'll be the king. Amen. What, what, hey, my God's excited about today. He, he gave me today as a gift. I didn't do anything to earn today. That sunrise is my invitation to meet with the king. That's my sunrise from the shepherd to say, hey, sheep, you're gonna have to eat. You don't know what's coming today. I do. Well, then you, God, you need to give me a big plate then. Uh-huh, sit at your seat. You're gonna need this. I'm gonna need this? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I know my day. I don't think I need this. I know your day. That's coming. You're going to need that. I'm excited, Jeff, about today. You should be excited about today because I got this and I got you. See, Psalm 23, my friends, is a reminder that he is my shepherd. I, the sheep, Shall not be in want. Oh, he makes me what? Lie down in green pastures. And he leads me where? To quiet waters. Why? 
to restore my soul. So that what? When I get up, I can sing a song about a God who is excited about today. You see, sheep must be excited because there's a lot of sheep that need what we need, what we have. If you're not singing it, sheep aren't hearing it, and other sheep can lose their what? Way. Mm. We need to be sheep that hear the shepherd. Eat at the table. Make much of him. Why? Because he's got this. And what? We can trust our Jesus. We can trust our Jesus. I'm going to invite you to stay in church. As we stand, I just want to pray over us and then we're going to worship. This is ministry time. This is when we respond to the Holy Spirit of God, whatever he has said. If you're online, wherever you find yourself, this is where we, you, the church online responds to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's moving everywhere. So I'm gonna invite you as I pray. You, you know what the Lord has said. For some of us, we're, we're, we need to answer the question. See my shepherd? It's just not automatic just because I read it. Am I his sheep? Does he know me? Does, does he know me? Do, do I know him? That is there a relationship? For some of us, we're in want, we're in need, we're hurting. We're skinny sheep. We need to come to the table. Feed, feed. So as we worship, I want you to move, church. You do whatever you gotta do. If you need prayer, there'll be people for that. If you need to come to the altar, come to the altar. If you need you and Jesus right where you're at, you do that as well. But don't miss this opportunity. God didn't bring you in here by accident. He brought you in here for purpose. Purpose is for you not to miss what he has for you today. Don't miss today what he has for you. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We adore you. We exalt you. We magnify you. God, we've met in your name, the shepherd. You have spoken. You have spoken through your word. The Holy Spirit has said what it needs to say. And God, now your sheep, your kids, your people need to respond. So God, I pray that we'd say yes and amen to whatever you have said. God, you know what we need, but here's the good news. You got everything we need. So may we come to you. May we come to you as we worship, Father. Move us in Christ's name. Amen, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.